What is the one belief and mindset and habit that is at the core of all agility and scrum, and yet the one that we as teams tend to do so badly? It's all about accountability. That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hello, everybody. How you doing? How was your week? Good to see you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so grateful to have each and every one of you as listeners and as friends. Listen, don't forget, I'm putting out a public call to begin Badass Agile chapters around the United States. I'm focusing for now on Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas, New York City, New York, San Francisco, California, Washington, D.C., and Boston, Massachusetts. If you live in or near one of those metropolitan areas, send me a note at contact at badassagile.com and I'll reach back with more information for you. All right, how do you really make accountability work? Well, first, let's remember why we're here. To create an elite tribe of leaders who truly serve their clients and communities by doing what matters and what works, relentlessly chasing value and excellence like a badass. There's so many resources out there about what you need to do to be agile, but we're focused on who you need to become in order to lead teams. So let's hammer down those fundamentals to create a unique and powerful force in this industry. Remember guys, if this helps you, tell your friends. Accountability is one of those things that we speak about frequently but few of us really do well. To my mind, if you expect agile ways of thinking and being to make you any faster or better or even just higher quality, then you need to leverage accountability techniques. Let's be completely blunt for a minute. If you jump into an environment where people are used to hiding behind a six-month business requirements document before they have to commit to any kind of delivery, the chances are good that flipping the script, putting them into sprints and stand-ups, is not going to remove the desire to stay invisible and to defer action to the last possible moment. It is not going to eradicate analysis paralysis. It's not going to remove the fear. Until people feel accountability for moving forward, they're not really going to change anything. They're just going to find different ways to stay invisible to stay safe, to seek certainty. Have you ever met someone who's trying to commit to something really scary, like quitting a bad habit or getting on an exercise plan? What are the traditional patterns of behavior? This week, I'm going to start going to the gym. This week, I'm going to stop picking up my phone every five seconds. And then they fail to act in accordance with their commitments. And what happens then? The excuse-making starts. Well, I'll start next week. Well, this wasn't a good time. Well, I couldn't have possibly dot, dot, dot. Now, I've always said that your reason for doing everything matters more than anything, but you still meet people who claim that changing the behavior or getting a certain result is the most important thing to them. Let's go back to your clients. People may say they're committed to eradicating blockers, that they're committed to increasing quality, they're committed to happier teams, yet they don't act in ways consistent with that value. When somebody says that something is really important to them, and yet they fail to act in ways that reflect that importance, you have a disconnect. 
And what you need is accountability. One of two things will happen. Either you'll find out that someone likes the idea of going to the gym or putting down their cell phone, but they don't actually value it above everything else in their life. When that happens, it's totally okay to drop the commitment. You know, there are people who say they're committed to living a long and healthy life, yet they have practices and patterns that will almost certainly lead to an early death. There's people in hospitals on ventilators who continue to smoke. So there is such a thing as knowing you should value something, but not taking the required action to bring it about. It happens all the time. Now, what would cause that to be true? What would cause somebody to say that something's really important to them, but to fail to act? Well, again, it could be that they don't actually value it. And if they don't actually value it, there's little you can do to convince a person that they should. But assuming that that's not the problem, it is more likely the case that some kind of fear holds them back. We've spoken previously about the stories that you tell yourself about why you should or shouldn't do or have anything in your life. And those can be very powerful forces. So a person may really want to go to the gym or really want to put down that phone, but they fail to act in accordance with that because they're afraid of the pain of working out or maybe the humiliation of getting on a treadmill for the first time in a decade. Maybe they're afraid they're going to miss that one text or they don't feel secure without that dopamine hit of picking up your phone and seeing 10 new notifications. So in the team room, this can show up a million different ways. It can be people who make promises to complete work by a certain time, and they consistently don't act in ways that ensure that they meet it. But it can also be around areas of growth. When people say they want to improve, they want to train up, they want to be more courageous, they want to be more vulnerable, they want to be more successful, they want to escalate in their careers, they want to make more money, and yet they fail to do the simple little things that are required in order to start moving them in that direction. What we need is more accountability. Now, accountability often comes in the form of the daily stand-up. If you've planned a sprint and you've got a bunch of tasks with somebody's name on it and a day or a duration in which they think they'll get it done, and in my book, all of those tasks should be about a day in length so that they're manageable and trackable if they go off the rails. So if you've got those promises up on the board and every day you check on those day-sized promises, it's obvious when promises aren't being kept. To me, that's a pretty perfect system. It's pretty leak-proof. And yet, you'll still find people who are unable to keep their commitments. Now, also baked into Scrum is a cool little trick. When you do a stand-up, what's the other thing you're supposed to report? What's standing in your way? It's your blockers. Add those two things together, and you have an opportunity to create real accountability in your team. So here's how you go about doing it. When you or somebody else is repeatedly failing to meet your commitments to move the dial closer towards your goals. Even if you break things down into small, easy-to-manage pieces, here's what you do. I'm sure you've read about finding an accountability partner. Keeping yourself accountable can be hard at first, so if it helps you, find somebody who will commit to keeping you accountable. But the accountability partner has to be accountable also. So if you're the person who's failing to keep the habit or keep the commitment, you ask your accountability partner, here is how I would like you to keep me accountable. It could be a daily text, a daily email, a personal check-in. It could be a shared document, checklist, spreadsheet, even a personal Kanban board. But it has to be a done, not done check-in 
and it has to be frequent. Once a week is okay, once a day is much better. But it has to be a measurement and a system that works for the person being held accountable. If checking in every day feels too oppressive to them, or if doing it in the team room makes them feel uncomfortable or exposed, it won't work. So you have to ask the other person, how would you like me to keep you accountable? And remember, it's got to be frequent like a stand-up, and it's got to be focused on done things. Now, the accountability partner has to live up to their end of the deal, too. At whatever agreed-to interval, in whatever form it may take, you have to find some way to ask them, not how did it go, but be direct and say, did you keep your promises? You said you were going to go to the gym once in the next five days. Did you go? Or you said you wouldn't pick up your cell phone until 10 a.m. each and every day. What time did you pick up your cell phone this morning? And the problem with most accountability techniques is that they're binary. Either you hit the target or you didn't hit the target. And then it stops there. But the next important question to ask is, why do you think you couldn't keep your promise? If you have someone in your life who asks you those two questions every day, check out what can happen. Check out how quickly you can grow. And something else magical happens too, is the more you ask those accountability questions, the less scary accountability becomes. The less your accountability partner feels like a taskmaster, and the less shame there is around missing a target. See, there is nothing wrong with missing a target. But if you do it every single day for a month, that attitude and behavior compounds. Not only to no result, but perhaps even a negative result. Because now you've baked it into your head that once again you tried, and once again you failed. So there's no sense trying to go to the gym. There's no sense trying to become more confident. There's no sense trying to become a better speaker. But on the other hand, if you say this, all right, well, how come you picked up your phone first thing when you woke up when you said you didn't want to pick it up before 10 a.m.? And your partner might say, I don't know, man, there's just something I, I feel like if I don't pick it up, I'm missing something. Maybe something urgent comes in and I don't want to be late to the party, man. I don't want to miss anything important. So now your accountability partner knows that you missed, has asked you why you think you missed, and has hopefully created a safe place for you to be honest about what's standing in your way. Now your accountability partner can help you find a solution to that problem. So for example, I might say to you, okay, well, who exactly do you think you're going to miss something from? And they say, well, I mean, most importantly, my boss. Great. What if we shut off all notifications except for notifications from your boss? And then when you wake up, if you absolutely must, you could flip your phone over, but you're only allowed to look at the home screen. And if there's no notifications from your boss, you flip the phone back over. Let's start there. And then eventually, in a month or two, once you've mastered that habit and you've experienced that if you don't pick up your phone before 10, you actually don't miss anything, maybe we can even shut those notifications off too. Does that feel like something you'd be comfortable with? So you see how accountability is not simply asking someone else, how's it going? True accountability is setting targets that you're comfortable with choosing a measurement style or a check-in style that you're comfortable with. And then when you miss, not treating the miss like it's a big deal, but rather an opportunity to change or flex your approach so that you can become more successful. It's a discovery. Like everything else in Agile, this has to work for you, a specific person, a specific team, a specific organization. We have to undo decades 
of associating missing a target with negativity. There's nothing wrong with missing a target. There is something definitely wrong with having a pattern or a culture of missing targets than hiding behind excuses or worse, deception and subterfuge. I mean, have you seen this in your current work environment? Or maybe even outside where you volunteer or you work in the community. You ask people to do something, you expect it's going to be done by Monday, and Monday comes and, ah, wouldn't you know it, the car broke down. Or I've been snowed in. Or I've been under a lot of stress lately. Or I forgot there was a family function. And you're sitting there reading this excuse, and you just kind of roll your eyes because it's really transparent. You can see that they procrastinated or they forgot. And it looks like they just didn't care. And in your mind, you build an impression of that other person as someone who just can't be trusted to get the work done. This is not a hard charger. This is not a fired up individual who's ready to take on the world. Well, we want to build people who are. And using an accountability partner is a fantastic way to do that. But you got to do it right. So I want you to implement this in your teams this week and see how it changes stuff. Now, remember, guys, this is not a script that you run. This is not a technique that you use. Agile has already taught us this. We set up frameworks for success by breaking big things into small things, setting clear accountabilities, creating support systems to help people achieve their commitments, identifying blockers as early as possible, and then mobbing those problems as a team to clear them so we can get back to crushing our goals. Friends, thank you for listening. As always, you can reach out at badassagile.com, send me your coaching questions at contact at badassagile.com, or find me on Twitter at badass underscore agile. I'll see you next time, and until then, stay badass. Badass.